We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 46 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. How are you, Bruce? You're back again this week. Back again, healthy and alive, doing well. I'm glad to hear that. Are we at war in Texas yet? Are, have we have we reached the uh, the point of of actually we're getting ready to start shooting at each other because that's you know, that's what they want. So uh, I would say we're at war and have been for a while. But is Texas actually like you know has it gone kinetic? No, I'm not sure we'll ever see a kinetic war like. They're trying to kick off a, a, a civil war. I don't think we'll ever see that. There's not enough. Well, I, not ever. I shouldn't say ever. Uh, I don't think we'll see that soon. And the reason I say that is if you look at the American populace, I, I think there's too much obesity. People are too lazy. There is a lot of football we need to watch, too. Don't forget that. A, a lot of football. Got to gotta get that fantasy football bets in, you know. I did uh, see today that they're looking to outlaw fantasy sports betting or something. I didn't even know that was a thing. You were telling me in prep that that was a that was a thing. Yeah, I, I don't see them banning that. That is a they, there's a lot of money to be had there. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't see any kind of gambling in general being banned. That that's a bit too prudish, for lack of a better word. I, I don't think I don't think they'll do that. I don't think I don't even think the American people will really be on board with that. We still have pornography available out there, and that's doing far more damage to uh, young minds than uh, gambling. So I, I honestly I don't see that going anywhere. We're, we're decriminalizing hard drugs in in some states, so I'm not I'm, I, I don't see it going anywhere uh, as far as the gambling bans. No, I don't see that uh, being a thing at all. And, and as you said, we're decriminalizing hard drugs. Speaking of pornography, this is something I wanted to talk to you about. Oklahoma has an anti-pornography bill that is a, um, a ban on erotic expression, sexting. So this would outlaw you sexting someone other than your spouse. So your private conversations, I guess it's it's um, it's being called or it's being billed as an anti an anti porn bill, uh, and it's go currently going through your state legislative system, and it threatens to criminalize the act of sexting or sharing intimate photos with someone else other than your spouse. None of your business. Uh, it, I I think the government has no business being in people's private lives. That said, it's already a crime to sext minors uh, or share, you know. Uh, explicit photos with minors. If it's between two consenting adults, 
What's the problem? We already have laws in place to, that covers this. Why do we have to have, um, tr try to ban like pornography and, and sexting in general? I'm against pornography. I have my issues with pornography. But again, the solution is not banning it. The solution is not government regulation. That is, that is like the absolute last resort that we should be taking. It, it should boil down to families and raising your kids right, teaching them when it comes to things like pornography and uh, sexting. You, you, you should have a better handle on what your kids are doing and how you're disciplining them and instilling self-control and discipline. That, that's something I think is very important for young men, especially. Um, they need to have self-control and discipline. That would curb a lot of these, um, the, the puberty hormones. Uh, that would that would help a lot with that. And that would curb some of the uh, problems we have with pornography and, and um, over sexualization in our society. But because that is so rampant, you know, if it uh, feels good, do it. Why not do it in the streets kind of a mentality? Because of that, uh, this is just going to continue. I, I, I just don't think the government should get involved at all. Because how are you going to track? Is it if they're planning on making it to where... No, I, I can't even justify. I was well, going to try to justify. Yeah, I'll tell you okay. what's in the bill. Okay, so the copy of the bill is, is stated as follows. Okay, this is a quote. The bill bans any visual depiction or individual image stored or contained in any format on any medium, including but not limited to film, motion picture, videotape, photograph, negative, undeveloped film, slide, photographic product, reproduction of a photographic product, play or performance. Mm -hmm. That pretty much covers it covers just about everything. It covers just about everything, and that would also cover things like how oh, there would be a stretch. But this some video a, games nowadays are yeah are a bit explicit. This is, this is kind of I, you know I hate to I hate to be a a spokesman for the ACLU on this one, but this kind of pushes the First Amendment. It it kind of the the thing is is I just I I, I can't find a justification for this. There there is no just it, <laughs> you can make the argument. Well, we need to protect our kids, right? You can make that argument. But I would counter with, if you give up your liberties for security, then you will get neither of them and you deserve neither of them. That's the same issue here. If you're doing this to make things more secure and safe for your kids or whatever, whatever the case is, you're losing freedoms and liberties. That mean, How is the government, how are they going to know you're sexting? How are they going to figure that out? Well, they're going to obtain your phone records illegally is what they're going to do. Or they they would not obtain them illegally. As a matter of fact, they would get them legally. Let me explain without a court order. Let me explain. OK, because this actually this just happened. Uh, what was it yesterday? I was reading about it. Let me pull the article. Where is it? Here we go. The National Security Agency, the NSA, they bought Internet browsing information on millions of Americans from data brokers. So the companies that scrape your data and then harvest that and then turn around and sell it to people, the government just so happened to be one of their biggest customers. They don't need a court order. They don't need a warrant to do that. So they got your information and they didn't even have to get a warrant for it. So there you go. And then with this... See, I was going to try to justify it and say, okay, well, maybe if it's like a scenario of like uh, you're going to court or something like that and there's some kind of dispute or um, accusation of sexual assault or something like that, then it, they could hit you with another crime. I but could then, see the, the, the phone records being subpoenaed at that point. If it's involved, if you're involved in a crime, then I could see yeah, that. Yeah. But, but under that scenario, the, the crime you're being accused of is worse than the sexting. 
So there's no justification there. Like it, are you going to be like a victim of sexting, uh, or, or, uh, your, your kid, uh, was sexting or something like that. So you're going to file charges against the other individual that was doing like, I, I just, I don't see why the government should be involved in this. If, if two teenagers that are both technically under age, but they're sexting one another, that should be between the parents. Like the parents should be the ones involved in uh, trying to resolve it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I just feel like this is going to be a bad, this is opening the door. It's kind of like the Patriot Act in the sense of it gives government sweeping powers. And by doing this and saying, yep, sexting's illegal. Well, what kind of Pandora's box that we just open for the government to come in and say, um, we're going to take your phone records without uh, getting a warrant just because we believe you're sexting or or you're uh, browsing pornography or something like I, I this is this this is bad because as another example let's assume uh you're a video gamer and you played a game that had boobs in it congratulations you have now violated this crime if we're going to do this can we start with all the members of congress that's the other thing is the government officials will be exempt from this um, of course they will. They, yes. 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 Of course they will. Uh, but anyway, that's that's that. Um, you know, I, I was talking about what it what it used to be like back in the '90s. There used to be like an intermediary you could go through. And I remember this as a kid because there would always be that one or two troublemakers that would browse, you know, the adult sites on the the library computers. You know, when there was no uh, the Wild West days. It was just when the internet was getting graphics. So it was just getting out of like the text phase, right? There were no checks on any of this stuff. But there used to be sites that would be gated. You would have to go through a third party. Think of it like PayPal is like it was an internet ID for its for its day to access specific content. And it would require you to be registered with that company, just like you would with PayPal. But the end company that had the restricted content that needed you to be of a certain age would have a deal with that company and would not get any of your personal information. I'm just, I'm not saying let's revisit that or anything. I'm just saying that was an option, right? And it was, a, it was an option that worked at the time. It seemed to anyway. Yeah. For the time that that worked in the, they also had like, you had to have a credit card or something like yes. that to, yeah. you know, that also worked. Of course, back then it was, it was all subscription based. Mostly you didn't have the free stuff like today. Which, I mean, I think the biggest porn provider nowadays is all free. So, yeah, and they it, get more traffic. I think it's Pornhub. They get they get more traffic than just about every other website out there combined, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that's like a global provider. They, they're they all over the globe. So we're calling um, Pornhub a provider now. <laughs> well, I mean, they provide porn, so. Yeah, but it's I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, provider like a telecom company <laughs> yeah. or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, for lack of a better word, yeah, provider. I, I just don't see, I don't know how they're going to, if you look at it this way from a, a secular perspective, right? So taking my, my Christian views out of putting that aside for a moment, you're taking away, the, the government is working to take away the average man, one of the average man's uh, enjoyments. Now, again, taking aside, I don't agree with porn, putting that aside, a lot of people nowadays consume porn. That's an enjoyment of people nowadays. The elite are finding a way to take away something else that the average person enjoys and reserving it for themselves because they have the money to hire prostitutes, to hire, you know, whatever, escorts, whatever you want to call it, uh, for themselves. And the average Joe gets no form of entertainment or 
pleasure, enjoyment, whatever. Bruce, they are they are very stressed out in Davos when they go to these meetings. They need they need comfort. They need companionship. You see, yeah. So you're, yeah. they are very stressed out. So you need to, you need some place to unwind, of course. Yeah, and I I just want to caveat all of that. I I know I said I, I put everything aside for those that are going to throw a hissy fit that I just took that uh looked at it from that perspective. Pornography is really that whole industry is very exploitative does a lot of harm to men and women both that are in the industry so i i get it but i'm i'm pointing out that if you look at it from the perspective of um the elite trying to take things from us this is another way you could look at it the elite are trying to take something from us and gain more control at the same time indeed all right uh moving over to national defense i know we started tonight with the uh, the border issue but um this could be a bigger problem so the navy has had some recruitment problems and I think every branch has had a recruitment problems because you've implemented this LGBTQRS3742X9, whatever, this alphabet soup that changes every other day. Let's just get rid of the educational requirements. You don't have any educational experience? No problem. Don't worry about it. You didn't get past the ninth grade? It's okay. Don't worry. Can you sign your name? Oh, that's no problem. Can you sign an X on a piece of paper? Well... You can now join the U.S. Navy. No problem. No problem. No no educational experience. They've got a spot for you. The Navy is going to start enlisting individuals who did not finish any type of schooling, uh, marking the second time in about a year that the service has opened the door to lower performing recruits as it struggles to meet its enlistment goals. Well, when you have a Navy admiral that is a biological man that believes that there are a woman who is in a dress in high heels... I could understand why you wouldn't meet your recruitment goals. And this is the spokesman for the administration. I'm talking about uh, Rear Admiral Dick Levine. That's who I'm talking about. That's not mistakable when you look at that individual. Under the new plan, Navy recruits without an educational credential will be able to join as long as they score 50 or above on the qualification test, which is out of 99. Uh, I'm assuming that's like the ASVAB or whatever it is. So as long as you score at least half of that, you're, you're fine. The last time we dropped these credentials was in 2000. Vice Admiral Rick Cheeseman said, which is the uh, Navy's chief of personnel, said in, an said in an interview with the AP on Friday, quote, we get thousands of people into our recruiting stations every year that want to join the Navy, but do not have an education credential. And we just turn them away. Um, well, sir, if they had an educational credential, then we like we have we have standards for a reason. We, we have these jobs that these individuals do in service like this that require a sound mind able to compute complex problems and situations at a moment's notice. Ned talked about this on the exclusive earlier this week. You are creating a war machine and you need everybody in that machine working in harmony. Everybody needs to be synchronized. Everybody needs to have the the same abilities within reason. Obviously, I'm not ruling out specialist positions because you have to have those, but you need everybody working together and you need everybody on the same page. Everybody's got to gel. And if you have somebody in there that does not meet the right intellectual standards, then you're going to have a problem in there. And that could cause everybody else in that gelling process to not gel. And that is not what we need if we are about to get involved in a hot war with another country. We do not need that. There, there's um, I, I'm a bit torn just looking at it from back in the day. And when I when I say back in the day, I'm, I'm saying like World War II era. Uh, I could understand having having um, 
reducing the requirements for education, because back then it was pretty common to have people without a high school diploma, as an example, uh, or a GD. People people were educated back then in other ways. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I've, I could, I could argue, and I think that I wouldn't get too much pushback. I could argue that a high school graduate of the 1930s and 40s had more knowledge and when I say knowledge, I mean knowledge, not this this stupid crap they're teaching and filling these kids heads with in these universities. They had more knowledge, more practical knowledge and more academic knowledge than a college graduate of today in America. Uh, well, I mean, uh, my grandfather, I think, only has a ninth grade. I think he only went to ninth grade. Um, so, uh, I mean, he's 80, 80 something now uh, and, you know, retired. He served in the military and then worked um, government after that. I guess my point is, if you can read, you can write, and you can do arithmetic. I think that's the basics that you should have to join the military. If you can do those things, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. And the reason I say that, there's there's a lot of people that um, military is kind of like their saving grace, if you will. They're they're in a lifestyle that they they kind of hit a dead end because of stupid life decisions, and that's the only way they see out, if you will. So I'm I'm torn on this one. As long as you can do the basics, um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what else would be required. You wouldn't get very far in any of the any of the branches uh, if that's all you can do is uh, the basics of reading and writing and and uh, arithmetic. If if you can only do the basics of that, then obviously you're not going to get very far. You're basically just fodder at that point. Why don't we just start with conscription? Because that's essentially what they're doing here. That is what this is. When you're conscripting, when you're just like drafting at that point, you have no standards whatsoever. You're just taking whoever. You're just you're you're taking. Uh, I think as Marty put it, you're just you're doing body count at that point. Does this include the Marines or is this just the Navy? Right now, it's just the Navy, but I mean, okay. you know, the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy anyway, so I would assume yeah. that they would follow maybe the same standard. I don't know. But I mean, I know the the Marines typically had a. We joke about them eating crayons. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, and before anybody gets all butthurt about that, um, I have three cousins that were in the Marines, uh, so uh, you know, I, 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 I get it. I have I have family that were in the Marines, and they they were sharp. They were sharp guys. They really were. But yeah. they are. If you're in the Marines, you are you're a killing machine. <laughs> That's what you are. They don't care if you sharpen crayons or not. They they don't care. They just need you to point mm-hmm. and shoot. Okay. Yeah. And that that's basically my point is when you're a grunt, um, depending on what branch you're in, you really, you don't have to have much of an education. You just need to know how to point and shoot. Uh, but when it comes to the Navy, we probably should have a higher standard when it comes to the Navy and Air Force because just you're using heavy equipment. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. But to, well, I was just getting ready to say using heavy equipment. That includes an 18 year old, by the way, sitting in the driver's seat of a nuclear submarine. <laughs> So you kind of yeah, need to have kinda... a little bit of educational experience, just a little. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of important. Yeah. So I okay, if you look at it in that sense, Navy and Air Force, yeah, maybe we should have higher standards for that, just because those two branches uh, typically use heavy equipment. Of course, the Army has a lot of heavy equipment they use as well. I, I would argue. Well, okay, I, I was going to say I would argue that tanks are probably easier to maneuver but there's a lot of technology in them nowadays compared to what it used to be i think the tanks of the future you're not even going to need to have you almost don't even need people in them now you, you could do all of that with you know with, with drone technology i think in in the coming days i think yeah, yeah pretty pretty soon we won't have to have 
an actual uh, pilot or gunner or any of those things that'll all be automated. We may still have it. I don't know. It'll be autonomous just yet. It'll probably be like drone, like they're off like a mile away or something like that in a base controlling the the vehicle. Uh, I think that'll come first and then we'll have autonomous ones. Well, I don't know. We, we could still have autonomous one. Depends on what you're considering a tank. If you're if you're fine calling a six wheeled vehicle with a, a gun mounted on it, a, a, a tank, then technically we're already there. I was making the argument yesterday with Melissa about the uh, the first successful implant of the uh, Neuralink brain chip into a human, and we were talking about uh, possible neural interfaces with you know using it on a military plane, you know, using it on like a um, a mil- you know a military context, yeah, where you could have a neural transceiver where you mm. can communicate with the vehicle. So I could see that as a possibility. It's and as opposed to the you know, the drone thing, well, you could have as you were saying, you could have the pilot sitting twenty miles away, but one of these working that oh yeah that piece of I, I think i think that'll be that absolutely is going to be we we have we have many movies about um uh people interfacing with a machine and controlling basically a puppet more or less and they're somewhere else um i, I think that's yeah I, I think that's going to be a thing of the future absolutely i, I vehicles same thing i i don't think it'll have to be a Neuralink necessarily because Neuralink is one that actually they're they're sitting they're putting probes into the brain. I don't think that's going to be necessary um, in the near future. We we have stuff that can read brain waves, and it'll it'll just be a matter of it'll record your brain wave patterns and then um, sync up with you. Basically, I, I think that'll be the future more than unless we start getting into things like cybernetics. And in which case, it'll probably be a cybernetic interface or something like that. But I, I yeah. think just brainwave patterns are going to be the future. I did uh, did show a video yesterday about some cybernetics, uh, the new advancement in cybernetic. Uh, I don't. Do you want to see it? It was um, sure. It was a uh, it was an arm, a robotic arm. This is by a company called uh, Esper Bionics. They are. I'm sure you're going to be pulling them. Uh, and this this is quite obviously this is a, you know the first in the in the series. But as you can see here, this is a girl that does not have uh, use of her left arm. Uh, because it's, well, it's gone. But this particular bionic or cybernetic uh, implant or whatever she's going to you know, do here, it can do some pretty impressive things, I have to say. Uh, I've not seen an arm do this before, what she's going to do. Obviously, stacking blocks and stuff, I have seen that, you know, so that's that's pretty rudimentary. But she gets into more some, uh, some more complicated stuff here in just a second. Uh, she'll get into opening a can of soda, and then she will do, as you can see there, I mean, obviously holding it, you know, correctly. This was impressive to me. Picking off grapes and eating them using the the arm. We're definitely making some advancements in that sense. That's that's pretty neat. I'm I'm curious how they're doing the that that's making good steps. I'm I'm curious if they're using like uh, the uh, nerve impulses from the arm, or if they're using uh, some kind of um, connection to the, the the brain, like a reading the brain look waves how, or look something. Look how thin yeah. that can be sliced. You know, she's yeah, using the the knife with the bionic arm. It's still it's still a bit it's still a bit rough, a little funky around little funky, the edges. But yeah, but for for a first gen, this is pretty good. This yeah, does this, more yeah. than than I've seen before. Yeah, definitely as as a first gen, this is this is pretty good. the The problem with this though, to have the servos that has the dexterity that you would need for to mimic the human body, it's really really expensive to make those um, right now. She can even get a workout in. 
uh, and type, albeit it's pretty rudimentary, but nonetheless, it is possible. It's precise enough that she can do it. So that's pretty cool. So there you have it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty neat. It looks like actually, now that I see, I pull up their website, it looks like it's using possibly impulses from the arm, the, the nervous system itself. Not, it's not like, I was expecting her to be wearing like a headband or like, you know, something like that, that's tracking brainwave patterns and sending the signals to the, to the um, implant itself. It's not an implant technically, because she just slips it on. It's, it's more of like a prosthetic. Um, that's what I was expecting. Uh, but it looks like from their little demonstration video, I haven't read into it more. Uh, it looks like it's using impulses from the, the stuff, you know, the, the, the part of the arm that's yeah. still yeah. there. Um, we got some breaking news here. John Kerry, you know, is as difficult as it is that he's going to be leaving as the uh, the White House climate czar. Joe Biden has just tapped his replacement. Do you want to take a guess as to who it is? Uh, let's hear it. John uh, Podesta. Podesta. <laughs> John, John Podesta. You couldn't make it up. All right. So we, I know we got a, kind of off track there. We got into like cybernetics and stuff and, and bionic implants, but we were, um, we were talking about uh, the military. We were talking about uh, the Navy lowering its recruitment requirements. Let's listen to the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, talking about the three folks that died in the Middle East on military operations just the other day. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. Lost those folks. You hear that? We lost those souls, those military folks. Uh, as, as, as military family, I, I find her condolences there more insulting than I do, um, hundred percent respective. Uh, 100%. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was pretty bad. That was very cringe. Uh, I remember watching that the first time it just, I felt dirty after watching that. It just, ugh, it, 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 it does not. Is all I can say to that. Yeah, yeah, these people are terrible. All right, speaking of uh, intelligence and uh, not having educational requirements, let's look at the FBI, right? <laughs> Bruce is already smiling and laughing. Yeah, let's look at the FBI. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong, right? <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. I, I can't. <laughs> look at the Patriot Front. You're going to tell me there's intelligence there? Yeah, right. The FBI blocked a surveillance team from interviewing a person of interest in the January 6th pipe bomb case. Um, Weren't we trying to get to the bottom of the pipe bombing case? We, we've been looking at that and we're like, hey, um, there's some people over here that put some pipe bombs out. You might want to take a look at those. And the FBI has been just stalling, saying, what pipe bombs? We don't know anything about any pipe bombs. You know, it's funny. If you look at the the training models that they use, I looked at a side by side. If you look at the training models that the FBI uses at their, their training academy and you look at the ones that were found, boy, they look familiar, don't they? They look so familiar. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, exactly. The uh, person in question here that they're they're talking about, uh, this came from a uh, former FBI agent. Uh, they uh -huh. were saying that the... That's one of the good people um, that got drummed out, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, they said that the Bureau quickly believed that it tied the person who planted the pipe bombs um, at the uh, DNC and RNC to a particular Metro fare card and license plate. Uh, but they blocked any interview of the person of interest and pulled the team off that lead. It's been over three years 
Don't you think we need to know where those pipe bombs were at this point? I mean, it's kind of important if you got oh. pipe bombs that were that were out there. And I have another question. During this time, it wasn't wasn't January 6th. I think it was either a little before or it could have been a little after. What happened to this guy, this uh, the Rodney Rosenberry guy that was holed up in his vehicle, had his uh, the cab of his vehicle full of fuel, nail bomb and ball bearing stuff and explosives? Pennies as well. Pennies. Yeah, all the rest of that stuff. And was live streaming it and was going to blow up the Library of Congress. What happened to that? Yeah, that one got swept under the rug as well. And the January 6th uh, bomber, the pipe bomber, uh, a, a key note that um, I forgot to mention here. That was the, the Metro card and the license plate both were tied to ex-government official. Um, so there, there's that uh -huh. as well. It, it I, looks like it was an inside job. Say something about intelligence and educational requirements. I don't know. Yeah. 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 They're not exactly very intelligent, are they? No. Bidenomics. Shall we talk about Bidenomics? Bruce, I played a clip yesterday. I don't think you didn't hear it. It was a compilation of all the mainstream media talking about the economy. Uh, shall I play it for you just for just for reference so you have it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Just to give you an idea, the the level of of propaganda and nonsense that we're that we're dealing with here. This is um, and the, you know the listeners they heard this yesterday, but I'm going to play it again because it goes to the point of the economy that we're we're going to discuss here in just a second. Real story about the U.S. economy. Nobel Prize winner Paul Krugman lays out the dollars and cents for why Americans are wrong to feel so down about it. How's the economy doing? Well, there's the difference between how it looks and how it feels. Right. Actually, the economy's doing okay right now. If you actually take a step back, the U.S. economy is strong. The economy, by all objective measures, is doing pretty damn well. The economy has actually been incredibly strong. The Biden economy is great. Yes. How does it look? Uh, honestly, pretty damn fantastic. But will voters give President Biden credit for it? The question for Biden is, will voters give him credit? When we report on how great the economy is doing, what do you do you feel that? Why aren't voters giving President Biden credit? Americans don't seem to be giving him the credit. Why is that? And what does he have to do to turn that around? If people aren't paying attention to it, then it's very hard to go out and take credit. Voters don't like understand essentially or grasp that he's had these legislative wins. Most voters don't understand what you're trying to tell them. Are we going to get to the point where facts do not matter? And for the, the economy example, people are going to feel the way that aligns with their political party. Republicans are never going to say the economy is good historically while there's a Democrat in office. If you ask them about the economy, they start looking at it through these partisan lenses and they tell themselves stories that are completely at odds with the reality. Nobody wants to give Joe Biden credit for what is really a remarkable situation with the economy. Why don't people give him credit? Well, I don't know. That's the American psyche right now. We're we're in a bad sort of mood. Do you think there's an element, you know, people just like being unhappy? Bruce, are you paying attention to how much better the economy actually is than what you're seeing? You know, don't mm. pay any attention to what you don't pay attention to what your checkbook is telling you. Don't pay any attention to that. You don't need to know what's going on with your uh, with your grocery bill. By the way, does this guy could this guy spend another five minutes in the spray tan booth? My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, it might be better than what you think. You see this? CNN's yeah. going to tell you all about it. Yeah, it might be better. Um, I, I'm sorry. When when the average American is paying 20% more at the grocery store, I, pfft, yeah, no, I'm, I, like I said, so uh, a loaf of bread here, eight bucks. Middle America, that should not be the thing. Uh, no. <laughs> the, the the thing that maybe, maybe this is, um, maybe this is me uh, because I, I know that that was all BS that they were, they were shoveling. 
and maybe I'm reading into it, but it looked to me like every one of those presenters that was saying the the economy's doing great or it's doing better than you think or whatever, it looked like all of them had a smirk or smug written all over their face when they were saying it. It looked like most of them were fake smiling or uh, how, how do I... You get what I'm saying? Like when somebody's like, telling you a act. load of BS yeah, and the they're yeah, they're trying to play act. Yeah. You can see right through it sometimes. That's what it looked like to me is they were all play acting and it was all BS. It didn't look like that was, I don't, I don't even think they believe that lie is basically what I'm trying to get at is they know, um, those presenters know that when they go to the grocery store, they go to the restaurants, they know they're paying 20, 25% more uh, than they used to be. They they know their their paychecks aren't lasting as long as it used to. Um, I, they make good money, but they still have to live uh, like the rest of us. So I, I, I feel like they are lying and know they're lying at, at this point. And I think that's why they, they look so smug and they look so... Also, I want to point out the interview that they did. Uh, where it looked like they were sitting at a dinner table with the young family and the, 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 it was a very short little bit, but what I noticed was that was a well-to-do family. That was a nice home they were in, a new home. Uh, that's not a representation of the average American lifestyle there. No, not at all. I was actually looking at something today. Uh, it was just a, it was, it was a photo and it showed a house that was $300,000 in 1980 and the, in the Midwest, and then a house that was $300,000 now. And it is, it's like a, you know, you're, you're getting like one and a half bedroom now in the Midwest yeah. for 300 grand. Yeah. It, it, it's a huge difference. I mean, even, even here you could buy a home that's, um, you know, big enough for a family of four back in the day that was, you know, you could get a, a, a home big enough for a family for a decent age, you know, within 20 years, uh, you could get that, 80, 90,000. Uh, and that was kind of 20 years ago or so. Now that same home for a family of four, you're, you're looking at over 200,000 and that's just starting. Absolutely. UPS is going to cut 12,000 jobs this year. They just, and you know what? They just did a big hiring not long ago. And the, the CEO says, well, you know, um, well, where to start off? First of all, the union's hardball. You see, it's the union's fault. Yeah, it's those damn unions. That's what he said. Teamsters Union. I, I believe that's what UPS is, Teamsters. They want to have better pay, but they're going to have to have fewer members to benefit from it, you see. Uh, more to the point, we're going to have to scale down one of the biggest carriers in the U.S., which is saying something uh, about the forecast of the economy. They say that it's just going to it's just going to it's going to be a tough year this year. So they're going to have to cut 12,000. They just hired, I think it was that many uh, or or thereabouts. So they're going to be cutting all of those people. The unions are not going to be happy about that. It it comes with the territory. You're going to you're you're nowadays I I don't have a good opinion of unions anymore. Back, they they serve their purpose, now they're corrupt. Um I I think we need a, a different mediums to help ensure that employees get uh, the proper benefits and everything and don't get exploited. Unions are not the way to go, in my opinion. But they raised um, the uh, pay for drivers to 170000 a year. Uh, 170000 for delivery driver. That's, um, that's quite a bit of money. Part-timers, uh, their salary was $25.75 per hour. Um, again, for a part-time job, part-time working as job. a delivery, that's, that's pretty good. And Even if you're unloading uh, trucks in the dead middle of winter, that's a part time. That's good. That's still good. Yeah. Uh, they also ended mandatory overtime. 
which also, by the way, $25 an hour here, uh, like you're living as a king in this part of the country yes. at $25 yes. an hour. And if you're um, getting overtime, that's time and a half. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I'm not surprised at all that they're um, cutting 12,000, but it, it just, they can't afford, especially when their stocks went down 9% today. Well, yesterday, excuse me, it would have been yesterday. I did see today that there was uh, there was trading on New York Bank Corp, and they they halted trading. The, the stock crashed this morning. Uh, when I say it, it crashed, I'm talking they lost upwards of 45 percent in the opening hours of trading. So uh, we're looking at 9:30. So st- yeah, open opening bell pretty much. They lost upwards of 45 percent. So you know what? They just said, "Oh no, sorry, we need to we need to halt that." Why do we halt trading? Why does that happen? I'm sorry, if you have a, a boatload of malinvestments and your stock crashes, guess what, Jack? No, 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 no. You don't get to put that call on hold. That does not happen. Not in a supposed free market society. That doesn't happen. If you have malinvestments, you have to pay the piper on that one. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to put it on hold. They're going to figure out what they need to do behind the scenes. They're going to sell all that junk off to the public, and they're going to leave you holding the bag instead of those bastards up there on Wall Street that have squandered that cash. They're going to put it on you. Yep. That's exactly what they'll end up doing. And honestly, I'm, I'm in agreement. Uh, if a company is going to go under, go under, burn uh, your dead weight to the economy, it should go under. Uh, and if you invested in the company, that's part of the risk. You can write it off as a, a tax write off. And, and you know, I mean, we have we have safeguards in place for investors. Uh, basically, kind of, I learned about this because of the whole debacle with Trump and, oh, he hasn't paid taxes in like 12 years and blah, 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 whatever they were boohooing about. If you make investments and your investments fail, then you don't have to pay taxes until you've met your investment again, until you make a profit from that investment up to 18 years. So we have things in place to, to help these investors uh, to to kind of, you know, uh, incentivize them to to invest. So I, I feel for them. Sucks when you have an investment fail. Doesn't feel good. Uh, but at the same time, you knew the risks. So if a company is going to go down and they're going to they're going to go under it, it needs to it needs to do that. But the problem is, like the last segment, we just talked about how the economy is doing so much better than than we actually think. The The problem is, is if we had a, a an open system like that, an actual free market and allowed things to collapse when they were going to collapse, I, I think the economy would be, um, well, it'd be in a better shape now than it is currently. But that's because we would have gone through a, a, a purge back in 2008 and we would have had an actual collapse, not not full blown like economic collapse, but it would have it would have burned out all the all the dead weight and then we would be in a better position now. But because we keep uh, band-aiding these companies like this and keep uh, the, the too big to fail kind of mentality, uh, when the system does come down, it's going to come down worse and worse depending on how long. I mean, it. it we're, we're supposed to have a collapse, uh, not a collapse, but a, a, a cleaning every seven years or so. That's, that's about how it uh, equates out. And we haven't had one in a long time. So when it does happen, it's just snowballing. So when it finally does collapse, it's going to hurt. And I, I, I think after what we've learned about um, with, with, with the, um, the dealings with the Soviets and uh, the, the malicious intended politicians, I think this is intended. I think um, they're 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 trying to to band aid these things so that 
eventually they can they can cause a collapse and when that happens it will crush the usd and it'll crush the uh euro i i think i think that's intended well if you need a digital currency you got to get rid of all the others first you have to discredit devalue all fiat currencies first in order for that to happen so that that has to be done yeah china i said last week i i don't know if you were on i thought maybe i said it with uh, i said it when uh, ned was on this week their stock market the hang sing lost 6.4 trillion us dollars not yuan us dollars in one day last week you talk about malinvestment goodness 6.4 trillion you know if our stock market lost 6.4 trillion in one day we would be like the banks would be on fire they would literally be on fire you would see yeah. people in the Bank of New York and Deutsche Bank throwing themselves out of their office windows. That's what you would see if that happened. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, um, that is a God, that's a huge amount of money to that is to a lose. lot of money in dollars in in dollars in one day. But our media did not even touch it. It was not even a story. You're probably pulling it. It was not even a thing. It didn't even make front page news here at all. Didn't even make page thirteen. None of that stuff never happened. Yeah, that, that that would be you would think that would be a big deal and they would absolutely report on that. Yeah, never happened. The Evergrande, you're not seeing anything on it? The Evergrande, oh yeah, it, it happened. It happened. I mean, in, in uh, U.S. Uh, oh, news no. and stuff, no, no, nobody's no. reporting on it. No, absolutely not. No, it, it didn't happen. Um, the Evergrande, which is their largest ghost city, to, excuse me, property developer, they have, of course, they entered uh, chapter, I think it was, was it chapter 13? They entered and Country Gardens entered the same and they had another one. I can't remember the name. There was a third property developer. Uh, and these are the companies that they go around and they build these these massive like cities. Bruce, you've talked about them before, where they just, they build these cities and, and no one's in them. Evergrande was ordered to restructure, you know, so they, they needed to, because of the chapter 13, they needed to restructure their business and and get rid of the malinvestment. Now they've been ordered to liquidate by Hong Kong court, 300 billion US dollars in debt. So I don't know where they're going to bury this. I, I, I'm not sure because what they would do before, they would do kind of like what we would do. They would stop trading, but the Chinese do things a little bit differently. You know, in communist countries, they, they tend to just deny things and cover them up. So what they would do is they would say, okay, we're going to stop trading on that company. They would go out and they would demolition all that bad debt, as in like literally they would blow the buildings up. They would reopen Monday morning and say, what, what bad debt? We didn't have anything of that. There was no bad debt there. What, what is that? What do you mean? Do you see any bad debt here? <laughs> I don't see any. Do you? No. There's, just, there's a pile of rubble there. It's got nothing to do with, with whatever that you're talking about. That's what they do. A Hong Kong court ruled on Monday that the Evergrande Group will be ordered to liquidate. It's the world's most indebted developer with more than $300 billion in total liabilities. Uh, and it's, of course, it, it entered into this problem in 2021. Is there something that happened in 2021? Can't quite remember. Was, it, was there a major world-changing event that happened in 2020? I don't know. I don't know. So the liquidation ruling of the developer, which has $240 billion in assets... We'll have to restructure. Beijing is now grappling with an underperforming economy. Yes, they're, they're going to have, uh, they've got a problem with their property market. And now, now they have a problem with uh, their stock market. They've hit, uh, in nine years, they've hit five-year lows out of the last nine in the last two weeks alone. So I don't see how you're going to have any kind of growth come out of that. Do you? I don't see any any way out of that. That's a lot of money to lose. Yeah. Even um, for the Chinese. I am, 
I am starting to see. I, I did find some articles here out of the U.S. that are talking about the the six trillion the six, that they've lost. Trillion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, a real thing. It happened. Yeah, they they are reporting it. The the caveat though is uh, what they're reporting is it was six trillion over three years, so technically two trillion a year, roughly since well, twenty twenty one. What I saw was they lost it on Wednesday of last week. Okay. Um. There hasn't this. Well, these articles that I'm finding are uh, a week old, so they it they're a bit stale. There hasn't been any any new reporting that I'm seeing. But either way, the point is, is China, what what is their GDP? Isn't it only like 17 trillion or something like that? I'm yeah, it's not, it's not it's not close to ours. Ours is still higher. As bad a shape as we are in, not just in the US, I'm talking about in the West, our economies, as rough as they are, they are still better than Russia and China at the moment. Yeah, I think ours is uh, 25-ish trillion yeah. uh, GDP. Yeah. Something like that. And and uh, yeah, China is uh, some, somewhere around 16 or 17 trillion. But uh, 16 or 17 trillion, that's like, what, 30 percent roughly <laughs> of your GDP that you just lost. <laughs> that's pretty big. I, I don't I don't see how a country is still functioning well uh, under that that scenario. They're definitely collapsing and they're just they're covering it up just like those ghost cities. It's all for show. And of course, if they collapse, if, if China has an economic collapse, you know what comes next, don't you? Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about it before. I think they're already prepping for uh, war. They're already they're already on that front uh, yes. prepping for I, it. I think they would have gone already. Honestly, I, I do believe they would have gone already. If Russia had gotten through Ukraine and grabbed the Baltic states immediately after that, I think they would be moving already. But I think... Yeah. I think that they're not moving because they need the Russians. If the Chinese are going to challenge us in the Pacific, they need the Russians in order to do that. They can't do it alone. They have to have them or it doesn't work. And if China goes without Russia and China gets held up, then they're both stuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, at that point, that's just death for them at yes. that point because they yeah. their soldiers are already out, if you will. They're, they're out of country. And at that point, um, if they have like a civil unrest or something like that, um, mm. what do you like? Can you tactically retreat fast enough to get your soldiers back home to to quell the riots? I yeah. no is the answer to that. Yeah, China's got the the riots already, like, but we just don't hear about it. They already have this. Well, I shouldn't say riots; they have civil unrest, uh, but we we don't hear about that. Some instances some it of it was did. riots, uh, oh, yeah, like COVID, those lockdowns. Um, yes, that they was had to have large yeah. amounts of police beating people to get it to calm down. Yes. And of course, they had those those facilities to take the infected people to, you know, because they didn't want yeah. to be part of the, you know, they didn't want them to be a danger to the public, of course. With those um, mobile uh, morgues and furnaces and whatnot yes. or whatever, incinerators. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Pre crematoriums. Yeah, mobile go. crematoriums. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes you wonder now, after knowing what's going on, was it really people were dying of COVID or people dying of government, uh, you know, democide or whatever it's called? And we they did were disposing the bodies. Yeah, we did see a number of uh, mobile providers. We did see, uh, don't know if there's any truth to it, but the, well, this is what we did see. We did see millions of them go offline, as in like millions of SIM cards were deactivated inside of like a week and then a few weeks. We did see that. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it stands to reason they were rounding up people and uh, uh, it, removing those that could be uh, you know, kind of like the the purges that uh, Russia has done in the past. It, it kind of seems like that's what they were doing. China, uh, they were purging uh, people that were problematic. Um, and honestly, that could have been a, that's a possibility too. They used the uh, bioweapon known as COVID 
to attack the world, but at the same time kind of run a smokescreen so that they can go and purge problematics, you know, deplorables, as Hillary Clinton put it, uh, in their own country. It could be something like that, too. Well, it would give them perfect cover, and it does give them also plausible deniability on the world stage. They say, they could say, oh, well, you see, it affected our people, too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Better late than never, Joe Biden is going to visit East Palestine, Ohio. Isn't that good news? He's finally, he's going to make it there. I, he's had a busy schedule. You, you can't, you can't pressure the man. You can't rush him. He's going to visit. He, he did say at the time that it happened, he says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to visit it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to visit. I'm going to visit East Palestine. No problem. This coming Saturday, it will have been one year since that incident took place. It's better late than never, right? So Biden is going to go to East Palestine to visit the residents there. I wonder if, is he going to get a warm welcome, you think? You think the, the residents, I, I mean, I tell you, I'll, I'll be honest with you, as as somebody that is a, as a you know a native Ohio resident, I would be out there telling the man to get the hell out of town. I would be talking to my sheriff with other members of the community saying, is there anything we can do to help you to set up a line to stop this piece of garbage from coming into our town? Is there anything we can do? Because that's what we believe needs to happen here. Yeah, that, that that's my stance as well. Um, too little, too late. What good is it going to do you to go there? This is obviously just some kind of political stunt to try to give, uh, you know, with the election and everything so that he can actually be on stage and say, oh, no, I did actually visit. And at this point, what good are you going to do there? It shows you as weak, incompetent, disrespectful. You don't care about the average American. That, that's all I'm seeing out of this. It, it, it's just a political stunt. Honestly, just stay out of it. If you wanted to do something important or good or whatever, you should have done more when it happened. You know, more relief, more cleanup, more whatever. Politicized your cleanup efforts and all of that. You, you, you could have done something so much better, uh, but instead now you're doing it for the, the political campaign trail nonsense. It, everybody sees through it. I don't think, as you said, he's not going to have a good reception if he does actually go there. Is it, is it confirmed or was he just speaking out of his ass again? He said that he's, well, at the time he said he, he's been asked many times about going to visit and he's always said that he's busy. Um, but the, the White House said that he is going to go. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But, but a I, great honestly, time of year to go. I suppose. But well, no, not not this time of year in Ohio. Are you kidding me? No, the, the weather's terrible. You know, all that stuff. It, but it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's an election year. That's the only reason he's going. He's going to, to score some some political points. But you know something, Jack? Nobody in that town likes you. I'm not even from that town. I can tell you that nobody likes you. OK, don't even bother going. You're wasting your time. But it doesn't matter. I don't think even if he does go, because I don't think he's going to be on the ticket. You were looking at some, uh, as uh, some, um, was it like a survey or something? And they're pulling public opinion surveys now, four to one on Michelle. Yes. It was uh, the betting. It was for betting. Oh, betting. There you uh, go. So okay. betting, I, I, I personally think uh, if you look at the, um, where people are putting their money, I think that has a, more, uh, a bigger or a uh, more accurate bearing on where people's uh uh, perceptions are or, you know, what they believe uh, because they're putting actual money behind it. Doing an, a survey, calling up people or catching them on the street. It, you're, we've seen street videos and people are stupid on the streets, <laughs> uh, to put it kindly. Uh, so uh, I, I think these, the, the betting is, is where uh, you'll find out more. Uh, but basically it was nine to one, I believe. Uh, and then within the last few days, it's gone four to one which means more people are betting on Michelle 
actually being uh, a candidate or actually winning. And honestly, at this point, I cannot see this. It, this it, he will go down as the worst president in American history, both in action, inaction, and uh, cognizance. And I, I don't think there will be anyone that will beat him. I, I don't think it'll be possible to elect anyone in a worse state than he is currently. So I, I just, I can't see them electing him again, you know, or, or maybe, maybe she's the vice president or, and he or, resigns. and he resigns or something, you know, yeah. I, I could see something like that. Uh, but I, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, supposedly secretly they're, they're doing this behind the scenes. It, it would be a, um, it would be a huge upset in my opinion. Let's assume for a second. The American people did actually legitimately vote for a president. I'm not going to say Biden. I'm just going to say a president. And that president then resigns and the vice president then becomes president. Don't you think the American people will be a little pissed off that who they voted for isn't in office and they get somebody completely different with a different ideology and different... I, I kind of feel like that would be a problem um, and, and people might be a little pissed. Um, and do we really want the, in this case, do we really want the first female quotes? Cause I know the conspiracies out there, female black president to be a, a, a vice president just because they, they stepped down. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't look good in that sense from, from a political, um, uh, uh, identity politics standpoint. We're in the era of identity politics though. So, it, I mean, it ticks boxes. They don't care about objective reality. They're, they're trying to justify their subjective truth in the delusional world that they live in. So it doesn't really matter. We've got Kamala Harris now as a, as a VP and what qualifications does she have other than, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, other than those. Yeah. What, what yeah. actual qualifications does she have? This woman's a cackling idiot. It, it would be one thing if somebody actually possessed intelligence. This woman is an idiot. She's, she's a, a moron that knows nothing about anything well not anything but well yeah she knows about that but yeah that's yeah that's true that's how she got to be where she is so, yeah 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 uh I, honestly at this point though um i will not put it past the democrats not to try something like this at this point to to do the like the the switcheroo at the end or something or you know resign or i i just I don't maybe I, I honestly, this is what I could see happening too. Th this is how deranged they are. I could see something like a, um, the, the popular vote being Biden, but then the super delegates going, no, it's Michelle. Yes, and then they, they get that, her yeah. in by, yeah. yeah. Kind of like what they would do with, um, uh, with Hillary and Bernie, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was the super delegates that, that said, no, sorry, we're, we're not going with Bernie. Bernie had the popular vote. I, I'm not a Bernie Sanders guy. I'm not. But Bernie had the popular vote. Mm -hmm. And in the end, as you say, it was the superdelegates said, nope, sorry, we're going with uh, we're going with Hillary. And you had Bernie people that were pissed and yeah. they voted for Trump. What, what, what's funny about it, too, though, is I, I find this ironic because you talk to Bernie people. They're they're basically socialists, more or less. And you, you tell them, well, do you know do you know why Bernie agreed to that? He got a new home and free use of On the air, you know, DNC's airline like. And a book deal. They, they, and a book deal. Yeah. He got paid off and he took the, the payoff instead of his ideology. <laughs> but yeah, he's a socialist. He's leader. down with the people. He, yeah. Yeah. He's down with the people. Yeah. <laughs> Guy honeymooned in the Soviet Union. Who does that? <laughs> really? Who does that? Unbelievable. All right. You got anything else? Uh, I think that pretty much. Oh, there was uh, just past this one. We're, we're talking about how wonderful the government is. 
there was a uh, lawsuit. Uh, well, charges were filed against um, six uh, pro-lifers that were just out praying in front of a Planned Parenthood. They were, um, uh-huh. when you look at the video and everything and, and how it went down, they were on the edge of the sidewalk out of the way they didn't stop anybody from going into the Planned Parenthood they were just praying there outside of it and um I think they were also talking with people as they went in uh some of the women but anyway um they were charged with violating the FACE Act which is some obscure BS thing to protect Planned Parenthood and basically what that says is if you're physically trying to stop someone from going into a Planned Parenthood, then you're in violation and you'll get uh, prison time or whatever. Anyway, uh, the six were found guilty of this for, for praying on the sidewalk, a public access way. Yeah. So it was, it was a right-wing extremist demonstration is what you're saying? Yeah, the, the violent yeah. demonstration, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. They shouldn't have been doing that, right? Maybe next time they'll think twice about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right, we will go ahead and kick out of here. So for those of you who are interested in supporting us, you can do so by clicking the link in the program description down below, and that will take you over to our subscription page where you can become one of our paid subscribers and or contribute a small donation to us. Thank you very much. That'll do it for us for today. Thank you for being here today, my friend. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.